The views expressed in our episode are ours alone and do not represent any other organizations. Our episodes discuss internet crimes against children and cases that involve the exploitation of children and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, we don't want to do anything to scare your children. That's the last thing we want to do. We don't want to scare anybody. Well, welcome back, everybody. This is Tony Godwin. This is Catfish Cops. Well, hello. I thought so. That's what you were going to say. So. <laughs> My name is Brandon Poore. Welcome back to Catfish Cops. You were told last week that you'd be having a case study coming from me this week after we shared some random thoughts with you. We did. Thank you for bearing with our randomness, and welcome back to another fun-filled case study day. Yes, absolutely. Just want to give a plugola and let uh, our Patreon supporters know how much we love and appreciate them. If you are new to the show, we do have a Patreon site. Just look up Catfish Cops on Patreon and you will see us. Um, we do have three levels. We have a $3 level, $5 level, $8. No, I'm sorry. $3 level, $8 level, $15 level. Um, if you have that interest, it's not a money-making venture. It's just us to help kind of pay hosting fees and all that kind of muckety muck but you almost said garbage almost did (laughs) Uh, but what we do try to do is offer certain things to our supporters our patreon supporters that you the regular listeners don't get and if uh you are to go over there you would know that we recently just gave them a case study a really cool case study that is not going to be released to our regular listeners and so this is one of the benefits of that and uh, we offer a some free swag once in a while and a couple different things, some one-on-one conversations or emails or calls. We've done that in the past and happy to do it again. So, so welcome back. Uh, Besides Patreon, you can find us at our website, www.catfishcops.com, our email, catfishcops5.0 at gmail.com and our Facebook and Instagram. Uh, We get messages on there all the time. Try and respond as quickly as possible and try to, respond as candidly as possible. Um, just understanding that some things we can't mention or talk about. So, yep. um, we got some fun stuff coming up next month. We're at a conference in West Texas. Uh, and yes, so we'll we be are. doing some case study. <laughs> Did I just surprise you with that? No, you just I just remember. I, well, no, I just remember that it's like quickly approaching like, like three weeks away. Yeah. So we've got a conference there. We're excited to do to meet new people. Um, I haven't been out to West Texas in a long time, so it'll be an yeah. interesting little trek out there. I'll get to, we, you know what, how, how long a drive is it out there? I think it's five, five four, or six. Four or five. Oh, uh, five or six. Oh it might gosh. be upwards. Yeah, it might be closer imagine, to six. Imagine the things I can teach you about opera during that time. Yeah, I was going to say our last road trip, <laughs> we were going to some training and I was, I not... Dazzled. Surprisingly, I think dazzled was the word you used. I was that's not the words I was going to use, but I was uh traumatized mm. that's the word traumatized in the sense that I don't know how we didn't have a car accident, like I didn't just nod off and crash and kill us both because that's, that's hurtful. I learned 
everything about opera that I didn't retain anything. I literally, I showed him like two or three things. That's not true at all. It was hours of stuff. And you were like, did you hear the, what did you call it? Whatever that's what I said. Some lady. This is hurtful. This is hurtful. Singing in a different language. Oh, listen to this. Listen to this. And bam, throwing some opera stuff at me. And I'm like, bro. I was literally, it was like this. He really, he really was like asleep what while was, driving. What was that? What was that sound? That well, it, I have a pop filter on, so it was more like that's my head beating against the uh, the dashboard <laughs> as I was nodding off. <laughs> See that I remember a very different thing. I remember that it was a very educational, cultural experience to teach you about something completely outside of your wheelhouse. All the while, while we stopped at a gas station, and I have this wonder, I have the greatest picture <laughs> ever, because we stop at a gas station, and while Tony's getting gas, I look over, picture this, it's across, like we're at one pump, and at the pump just next to us on the other side, there's a truck, yeah. and the lady's out filling up her gas, and this dog is sitting in the passenger side, staring at me with the most deadpan face on it, uh, like look on its face. And I just, I was like, I got to take a picture of that. It's so funny. You know what that look was? He probably was somehow patched into our car and hearing you talk about the (laughs) opera. (laughs) I don't know why I do this. So I looked at him. I was like, you feel me, dog? The dog's like, I feel you. (laughs) Right, bro. feel me, dog. (laughs) I read you. (laughs) That is the absolute truth. Oh, gosh, I hate you for that. I don't well, know on this next trip, I'm just going to enlighten Brandon now. We'll talk about only things like woodworking and welding and metalwork and I'm on board with sacrificing that. boards and stuff. Sacrificing boards. 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 To make you them said into, boards to make yeah. in woodworking. Make but we're not going to talk about sports, right? No, there's no need because you don't Thank you. participate in anything involving something good. Cool. Sports. Yeah. Well, that was a waste of your six minutes. I'm... I apologize. <laughs> what are we talking about today, Brandini? Well, we're going to talk about talked about. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about it too. We're going to talk about an individual that I got to meet up close and personal. Mm. Um, name Ryan Rogers. That's the randomly generated name for our otherwise named suspect, Ryan Rogers. Distant cousin or brother of Buck Rogers? Maybe. <laughs> no. Probably not. I don't know. I've, <laughs> I've, you know what? I'm still so hurt over your <laughs> characterization sorry. of my trip. It was, it was horrible. It was like 10 minutes. It wasn't hours. But this originated, this case um, originated back in 2017. Uh, so we, I don't, I don't know that we've talked a ton on here about our, our dislike of big operations. Have we? I know we talk about that when we train a little bit. Um, um but yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, just uh, if we have not emphasized that in the past, we are not uh, huge fans of big operations that are, are don't get me wrong, they are well-intentioned. They just don't ever end the way that they are thought out on paper and in, in yeah. conversation. And by that, we mean not just the fact that it's a big operation. The right. There are some places that like to do two or three days of chat. And, you know, to, to, for this purpose, we don't believe in that. We think there are a lot of things we'll, we, we will talk offline with you if you want to know why or our personal opinions, but this was during a big operation. Um, but we did it the way that Tony and I 
tend to talk about doing it where I was talking to this individual um, for the better part of, you know, months or a month before the operation right. was planned. And it just happened to coincide that the operation for the arrest was going on when, when he came to meet. Um, so Mr. Rogers and I met on Grinder. I Ooh. was portraying myself as then a 13-year-old boy, um, and I was using uh, a, you know, my, my normal 13-year-old boy um, profile. And so one thing about Grindr that um, may not, if you're not familiar with that platform, it, it, it's sort of like a lot of these other uh, apps that are geolocated. What's that right. mean, Tony? That means when you're using the app, uh, those who are on your friends or buddy list or whatever terminology they use for whatever application is that your friends can see generally where you are. It's not a specific location, but for an example, I guess, for your purposes, it might put you into someone's neighborhood, like show that you're in a specific neighborhood, which may encompass, you know, whatever, 20, 30, 40 streets. And that that's a problem. Like one, as a parent, if you have a child who's using an application that has this same feature, yep. do you want someone with a predatory nature to be in your neighborhood? No, you don't. You certainly don't want them at your house. Yep. Uh, so it's definitely a thought to ponder. Yeah. So for a real kid, they're connecting with someone who's yep. miles away, not not hundreds of miles, like three. Yes. Um, for me, <laughs> you know, we have ways of getting around this, but for me, you know, when I hopped on Grinder, I wasn't really hoping to, you know, get a profile, get a get a chat going. But what happened was, I did connect with someone who was only four miles from my home, maybe five miles, like from my house where I lived at the time. And so, um, that puts things in perspective. (laughs) Well, and (laughs) you know, it's sort of like, okay, yeah, like I'm, I'm getting predators down where my kids would be off the street. But what, what does it also throw into the wrench that it throws into the equation though, is I can't be anywhere else. Right. You know, because now I have to be at home to, to chat if we're going to talk because I have to always be showing to be this far away from him. Not, right. you know, I can't go to work and be, you know, 40 miles away or whatever. So um, those kind of locational things are things we have to consider sometimes in how we're working. Um, and also just knowing that, you know, these things are occurring right in your own neighborhood. So, yep. Mr. Rogers and I met um, because his profile was named <laughs> Tony Twinks Oh no that's his screen name right Yeah that's oh, yeah, his screen okay. name yeah that's Twinks only 33 Twinks only Um oh. I I you know I asked him what a twink is but I'll let you describe it first What do you think when you hear the word twink Well I mean if I didn't have any knowledge of what that meant I kind of already know that the general term for it is a a skinny, hairless, young male. Right. And typically, like, when you listen to, you know, if you're not talking about someone who's going to prey on or meet a child for sex, they're typically referring to someone who's between, like, 18 and 22. They're young looking. They look like it's typically in the gay male uh, gay male arena. And so you're talking about an 18 year old, 22 year old boy who looks younger, who's hairless and, you know, and young looking. Yep. Um, 
But when we talk to someone, if if it turns into something that we see they're preying on a child, what it tends to mean is under 19, right? Right. They just can't vocalize that. that or verbalize that in any way other for fear of being banned, uh, you know, from the specific site. And so <clears throat> how do we know, like, is this guy meaning a twink that's legal or a twink that's illegal? You know, I, I didn't, I played dumb. I was like, I, you know, he asked me yeah. if I was a twink and I said, I don't know what that is. And he said, it's a skinny young boy. That was his definition. Um, and I said, okay, well, I'm 13. Is that a twink? And he said, hot and asked me for pictures. I guess that's the clue that this is going to continue. So that was, so that's <laughs> yes. What we call in law enforcement circles, a clue. Um, so we exchanged pictures. Uh, he looked like, you know, an, a good looking 30 year old male guy. He's, he's, Said he was 33 on the profile, right? What do we know about profiles? If you say you're 33, how old are you? Yeah, you're not. You're yeah. probably 40, 50, maybe I think, 60. <laughs> I think he ended up, I think he was closer to 43 or yeah, 42 yeah. at the time. Um, but he asked me about meeting. And so, you know, we started talking. I asked him, you know, asked him where he lived. He asked me where I lived. Um, and he was, he was only about five miles away from where I'm at. He's asking me, you know, things that are common questions about, you know, um, sexual stuff right off the bat. The thing about Grinder is it's not something where you necessarily are there meeting for, you know, a long-term oh, yeah. conversation, yeah. right? Long-term is not a part of that. I, I did see that he asked if you knew of any younger twinks yep. or even girls so yeah. that the two of you guys could engage in a threesome. So. He actually said that he would be willing to meet with me and a girl and we could all do sexual stuff together. Um, so, you know, this one, it progressed. We we ended up moving to um, another way of, of speaking. So we, we you know, messaged back and forth. Um, the, the texting kind of was uneventful as far it was not not uneventful that's not the word i'm looking for what's the word i'm looking for it's like it wasn't like anything out of the normal it was ordinary you know he's asking the questions that we've been asked a thousand times in our chats right. and talks it wasn't anything you know outrageously oh my gosh this you got it's how about this it wasn't so bad that i got to make tony read <laughs> chat with me your time's coming <laughs> <laughs> um but i did learn in that that he was in the medical field um, mm. I learned he wasn't a doctor, but he was in the medical field. Why does that matter, Tony? What do you think was well, going through my head there? Access and availability is what we always talk about and preach, right? Someone who has a propensity for a child and then chooses to work in a profession where access and availability to said child could be very problematic, number one. Um, being in the medical field is a very broad um, category. So what does, what does that mean? You know, does that mean physical therapy where I'm actually getting to put my hands on said child that I have an interest in? Right. And while they may interpret this as, you know, physical therapy versus I'm interpreting it to be sexual in nature. Yeah. So the, the, the spectrum is pretty broad, but well, concerning about like Dr. Nasser and, right. you know, he's actually performing what he's calling medical things on kids turns out that they are abusive but you know like there are a lot of things that start to um come to mind when we hear i'm in the medical field because you know what do we know about medical like you, people are trusting people in medical positions and 
and that's all to say like people in the medical field are trustworthy. Right. And so we, we put ourselves into their care, trusting that they've got good intentions. And honestly, I'm not going to say Mr. Rogers was anything but professional in his professional life. Right. But it certainly causes me concern now when I'm thinking about he's in a medical field, maybe with kids, maybe with people that are not conscious or whatever, Yep. you know, that's going on. And so of course my sense senses are heightened and we start talking about, you know, what he wants to do. He's, he's really bringing up the, the meeting for, uh, he's willing to talk about meeting with a girl. And I, um, he starts asking for, I'd love to see, you know, basically nude pictures of me, um, nude images of me. And, and so of course that starts to show, it starts to show that he's not unwilling to, you know, venture into those right. things that would cause us concern. Um, one of the things that uh, I was thinking about, of course, was we've got this operation coming up. Is this a thing I can start to, you know, think about when he's going to come meet us? Right. So, uh, as I was traversing that, um, I'm starting to try and identify and things like that, figure out who he is. Um, I, you know, he's got a, a spouse um, that's much younger than him, um, oh. surprisingly younger, like uh, in in his twenties. And wow. this guy's in his forties. Um, and so, and he doesn't live too far off from some major schools in the area. So of course we're thinking about that. Sure. Um, so when the uh, idea about him coming to meet, um, came up, we talked about like where we would meet and I told him he could, you know, come to my place. So I started looking like, down where I lived at the time, I had to find a place that I thought was appropriate. And so we went to a particular location and asked about meeting and they said, no way. And I was like, so, okay, so what does that mean? We'll just ask for forgiveness instead of permission. So that's what we ended up doing. Um, he showed up, you know, again, he's asking for pictures. He's sending pictures. We're talking about stuff. I don't know if there's anything really out of the ordinary. It's sort of, you know, I don't mean to say it mundane because it's not mundane. He's talking about all of the things. I mean, how, how are you looking at that? From yeah. I mean, but I, I also come at this from the knowledge of what this particular app generates, which is very quick communications, very direct. <clears throat> like you said, he's asking you constantly throughout this to send nudes, nude images, which you're not doing or willing to do. And so just by virtue of what particular, some of these applications, it's, they're just hookup apps. And so you can do this five times a day, yeah, all day, every day for a month and probably have wild success. The problem is that his fixation now is knowing it's against a child. Yeah. A 40 year old, 40 some year old guy going after a 13 year old kid and it, to him, all of this is normal. The sexualized talk, you know, what we can do and all the things. And this is normalized to him. Yeah. But it's also an attempt to groom you even more, obviously. Desensitize you to that and, you know, blah, 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 blah. But, well, and, and he's throwing, he does throw out a curveball of trying to maybe schedule for an Uber or a taxi to bring right, you to him. Um, that's some, you know, I've often described these cases as a stressful game of chess. Yeah. You know, it is it is the back and forth of trying to navigate strategy in and amongst, you know, we 
we tell you these stories and these case studies, and I think some people get this idea that, oh, it's just a bunch of dumb guys that are doing this. Well, they're guys, but they're not all dumb. And so, no, they're I mean, not. like in this case, this individual um, was pretty high up in the medical field. He's pretty knowledgeable and he's pretty smart. And, and so he's not someone that's stupid by any means. He's certainly smart. Yeah. I saw a picture of him in scrubs and stuff and you even comment and like, Hey, that's what doctors wear. Yeah. And, uh, he kind of dusted, dusted that off. Like, yeah. Not even really acknowledging it or whatever. So I can see the concerns, obviously, you know, Anybody can wear scrubs doesn't necessarily mean they're in the medical field. But when he's telling you, he I'm was, in this. He was pretty high up in in his position, too. Yeah. Uh, so he was he was talking about sending an Uber uh, or, an, or a taxi and all sorts of stuff. And we're sort of navigating that. And then in the end, what, what sort of came of it was he said, I'll come to you. Right. And so thankfully, it, you know, as we say each time, you know, everyone gets dressed up in their, in their, Sunday best. And we all go out to, um, say hi as he arrives. And so they made hey. the arrest. Hey, you know, <laughs> surprise. And so what, what's interesting about his case is not necessarily the talk in between all, all it is. It's interesting because he's right. doing and saying all the things we expect. Yep. He's grooming. He's talking about nude imagery. He's asking for nude imagery. He's talking about meeting what he wants to do, why he'll be safe, why you don't have to worry all of the things that we see. Um, but in the end we arrest him and he's sitting in the back of a police car and I go to talk to him real quick. In the back of a police car, you know, we, of course, are going to issue warnings, things like that that right. you see on TV. But what's always what's always floored me about his case is how open and almost unsurprised he was. Yeah. He has, first of all, so now we talk about, I don't know, we've never mentioned her name, but we have a colleague that we work very closely with. We both love, she's one of the best at this job in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Should we mention like initials? Um, like, I don't know if uh, she'd be mad if we mentioned her initials, but J is what her name starts with. I was going to say superstar because she is a superstar. There it is. Superstar. So superstar commented when she, (laughs) when she helped me with this case about his voice. Yeah, because he had a very low, smooth way Baritone of talking, or bare, whatever. Yeah, very bass voice. He's from the south, so he kind of had a little bit of an accent. And she was like, "Oh my gosh, his voice!" Well, it it was like the combination of his his accent, the way he spoke, and the way he approached the yeah. arrest. Like you've seen the video, right? Yeah, so yeah. I, I, you know, spoiler alert. I've I know all about the case. Not that I played any role in it because I didn't, um, even though operationally there was a whole bunch of us involved in the same operation. But, um, yes, it's, it's, I don't know, not, it's not that it's dismissive. It wasn't dismissive at all. It was just something we don't experience very it was, often. It was the most honest <laughs> conversation I've ever had with a suspect. It rocked you on your heels for <laughs> sure. Let me tell you. So this, understand we're doing an operation around this arrest. Um, we're serving search warrants in the morning and in the evening. So at like 6 a.m. and 6 p.m., things like that. And then in the middle of that at 2 p.m., we get this arrest and we're sur- we're arresting him. And so when I go to speak with him, I'm like, Mr. Rogers, you know, why are we here? And he was like, because I came to meet a child for sex in that voice in that. Well, <laughs> I can't even do his voice. He was like, I've, I've come to meet a child for sex. Yeah. And I'm like, 
okay, tell me about that. <laughs> and so he's tell like, me more. well, I met a, met a kid on Grinder, and I'm here to, you know, meet him. For I think size. it was more like I met this really good looking kid on Grinder. Yeah. <laughs> Something I mean, like that. So he wasn't talking about me. Um, yeah. But no, like that was, he was like, and clearly it's an undercover sting. And so, you know, that's why I'm here. And I'm like, okay, you knew the kid was, you know, that age. And yep, I knew. And I just, I did something I shouldn't have done. And I like, I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, and, <laughs> and I'm sort of, it was like I, like, I joke that I'm sort yeah. of like, well, tell me what, what's going on in the world then? How's the weather? You know, like your birthday? I was kind of like that where it was like, I don't know what else to do because it threw me off so much. He was like, you know, clearly you're, he said your team did very well. That was one thing he threw out. And then the other thing was whoever I was speaking to was really good. Yeah. And I was like, well, thank you. You know, like I didn't want him to know it was me. Yeah. That's, we've shared that before. Like we don't tell them at the time of uh, arrest, we do not enlighten them to the fact that this was part of a sting. Well, that I am the one talking to them. Yeah. Or the ones that they're talking to are us. We never divulge that. They do ultimately find that stuff out, but it's usually not to like a first court appearance or something like that. And it's certainly not something that they tell us. Like I know I was talking to an undercover and, but he was very, you know, honest and, and he said something and I said something about like, well, in this situation, he goes, well, hindsight 2020, I wouldn't know. I wish I wouldn't have done it at all, but yeah. here we are, you know? And it was like, that was so threw me off because I've just never had that level of honesty. Yeah. Um, and he was very, he was very, I remember know, like as this progressed and, you know, worked towards a completion, you know, or, or coming to a close, I remember you, you were like, man, like, you know, this dude, not that you had any sympathy. That's not the, what I'm trying to say. It's more just like, he's a very nice guy. Yeah. He he was just a nice, likable dude. Like, and that happens at times. Like you, you know, we're not like, not, not all of our suspects are, you know, yeah, they, they, they don't all have horns and tails. (laughs) Like right. he, if you would have met this guy, Mr. Rogers, in any other situation, you would have felt like, gosh, that's just a guy I would love to, to be friends with. Yeah. Yeah. He just genuinely seemed like a good dude. Yeah. He just really screwed the pooch by doing what he did and he fully acknowledged it and just yeah owned right up to it and kind well, of deflated the sales. And well, I want to say that, like he was super honest. He told us about, you know, there, he, he had admitted that, you know, he met his spouse when his spouse was younger, uh, uh legal, but younger. Um, and there were some things, you know, that, that we found out along the way that I was like, okay, that we can, we can find out and explain away this kind of thing. But one of the things, you know, we always ask is like, what other kids yeah. Have they had access to, or have they had communications with? And that's the one thing that typically now Tony has stories about other, you know, people that have said, have been honest with them when we ask that. It's question. rare though. It's rare. Yeah. But in this case, he said, no, 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 this is it. This is the only one. I, I wish I hadn't done this, but this is the only one. So, and that turned out to be not true. Not so true. Not right. so true. Yeah. Um, and I think it's one of those deals where, like clearly this guy knew from the onset, not the onset, but obviously of the meet, yeah. like 
ah, shit. Like, yeah. I, oh, damn it. You know? And, and so. I, and I don't know if maybe it's self-preservation. I don't think he was, uh, uh, he, he was lying, but right. I don't know that it was like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, like I say, like this one yep. throws you off because you're, he's such a nice guy and he's, and you sort of feel for him a little bit in that he's so nice, but you don't feel for him because he's met for sex with a child. Yeah. So right. in that way, I, I felt no sympathy there. Um, yep. But we did what we do, which is we've often said when we're training people like this is when the work starts, right? Yep. You know, we could high five and say, good, let's go on to the next thing. But then what happens is we don't find the real kids that he's communicating with. So me and Superstar, we dug in and we started yep. looking through everything. And, um, often what we find when we start looking through everything is something. Yep. And in this case, it turned out that he was talking with other boys that were underage. Um, and one of whom was local and had been asked for nude images and had provided those nude images. Wow. And so that is, that brings up another part of what we do, which is both the most difficult part, I think, and the most, um, I think important part of what we do, which is victim identification. Yeah. That's, there's no fun in that. No, it's the worst part as far as like what we have to do, the, the breaking news to someone's family that they are a victim or to them themselves. It's even tougher in these kind of situations where you're on an app that is geared, you know, towards this specific cycle. Yeah. Um, or, you know, this particular, sexual orientation. And so a lot of these people are there and yeah. their families don't know. And well, we've said boys are the most difficult victims because whatever it's shame or stigma or something else that like boys right. are the, there's something of, they don't outcry to things as yeah. easily um, in abuse situations. And so in this case, again, it's most difficult, but it's also the most important because what yep. we, when we find real victims, we are pulling them away from dangerous situations and, and hopefully offering them resources. But what right. we ended up doing is having to almost out a kid to their family. Um, but I have been in that situation before. It is uncomfortable, but I, what I found out, of course, you don't find that out immediately. You don't learn this until later on in the, in the, as the case progresses or how it progresses, but you do learn that sometimes that's the way to empower that kid to get control of his life again and, and do so very freely now that sort of the cat is out of the bag kind of a thing. And so it does, it does have the benefit of putting that kid and restoring life the way he now wants life to be. But it also highlights a very important point in, in that, if they are will, if a predator is willing to meet us and discuss this stuff with us, they are having conversations with real kids. Yep. And in this case, he was asking for and receiving nude images from a young teen boy um, who was local. And so we had to go out there. We have to do our, now we have to do our investigative side of yep. making contact identification. We have to do the whole forensic interview process, all of the things you've heard us talk about a million times, but most importantly, providing the, the resources that our advocacy centers give to those kids and their families. Um, but what does it do on the court side of things though, when we identify real victims, Tony, 
doesn't help their situation very much. No, because now <laughs> they've got this pattern of conduct that yeah. is very bad. And so, you know, as we have explained in most cases, and I'm, I don't want to spoil an ending, which I'm sure you're about to get to, but we, we initially will make arrest on a state charge. And then if it meets criteria, we will oftentimes move to the federal arena. I'm assuming that is what happened with this. That is what happened with this. We, we decided that, um, although we had bonded on the state charge, that this was a federal case because of the real victims, the, the getting nude photos by him. And so a, a federal agency went out with me, or I went out with them, one of the two, to arrest this individual. Yeah. Of course, there were like 400 federal agents on the lawn that, lighting up. That the, tends to happen. <laughs> lighting up the morning, um, the morning darkness with red and blue lights announcing on a loudspeaker. Yeah. And he came out kind of with this attitude of, wow, I wish you'd just called, you know, kind of like, why did this wasn't necessary? That's not uncommon for our three letter agency friends that, uh, they, they bring a lot of people. They get a lot of people in their fancy pants and party socks and get ready for the dance, you know, a lot of party. So, so yeah, in the end, um, we charged him federally, uh, and he actually was sentenced to 18 years. Wow. It's 10 years minimum for meeting for sex yep. with a child. But the fact that we found the real victim, I think up, to, you know, and, and as it is common, we tell people all the time, most of our offenders don't have criminal history. They've, they've right. never even had a traffic ticket. They've never been contacted or handled by police. It's the first time. And so take someone in that setting who's never been and, you know, see try and see 18 years is a is a sentence that that's a, showing, that's a good one showing that this person certainly was preying on children good um, case man so in the end yeah mr rogers was uh, sentenced 18 years um still in federal custody has not absconded like our <laughs> friend mr fisher yeah exactly <laughs> um but thank you for joining us listening in on this one if you uh have any questions, comments, concerns, negative or positive feedback, we'll take it all. Catfishcops5.0 at gmail.com. Our website, catfishcops.com. Um, don't forget our resources page uh, where you can get yes. all of the application settings. Yep. Learn all kinds of things. You can, uh, you'll can. you be redirected over to the Carly Ryan Foundation. And so we always yep. want to give love to Sonia Ryan, our uh, sister from another mister. <laughs> who uh, we we just love her dearly. And uh, even though she is local now in this area, we don't get to see her as often as we like. So, Sonia, when you listen, give us a holla. Yeah, we got to see. We got to get over and say hi to her. Yeah, so. have dinner or something. All right. Well, you guys take care. Until next week, thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Catfish Cops podcast, brought to you by Brandon Poor and Tony Godwin. For additional information and available resources, please visit our website, www.catfishcops.com, and click on the resources link. 